You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. I don't exactly know where the show is going today. I want to do an experiment. Doug texted me last night about maybe the single biggest find in our show's history. Ball is Life, the Twitter account, came out with some gold yesterday. It was the introduction video slash audio that we're going to make it here on the podcast of the 1989 All-Star Game. It's about 10 minutes long. And there's a ton of... So buckle up for this ABOC fire. (laughs) There is a ton of obscure All-Stars that I don't want to mention yet. I want everybody to find out because I only know a couple of them. I, I... Listen to a couple of segments here and there, and perhaps you've already seen it if you follow Ball is Life, which is a popular account. It's just it's one of the single best things that I've ever heard in my entire life, and it's 10 minutes long, so we have endless content where what I want to do, and I want this to be an experiment with everybody today and throughout pretty much the next couple of weeks, we're going to figure out how to play this, but there's going to be a lot of times where I'll throw an idea to Doug. Let's say we're talking about Kimba Walker or whatever. And Doug's just going to play it randomly. And there's going to be times where I'll want to hit on something. And there's going to be times where we'll just move on. But the sound is too good not to share with everybody. And we'll play that here in a second. How do, how do you... I want to talk this out. How do you want to play this? Because I'm fascinated. I, I figure... I don't know if you watch Malcolm in the Middle. Have you seen that show? Yes. Are you a fan of it? Yeah, it's great. I, I feel like when... It is great. I feel like when Malcolm, Dewey, and Reese all find the diving board... And Reese doesn't know what to do with it. And at some point, it becomes the bane of his existence because it is such a great thing, but he doesn't know what to do. I feel like this sound is my diving board, and I have zero clue what to do with it, but I know God put it on this earth for me to do something with it. Yeah, so just to, I don't know if we mentioned this, but it's from the 1989 All-Star Game. It is the— I did. You weren't listening. Well, no, I I heard that part. <laughs> Hold on. Can we back up for a second? <laughs> Let me back up just for a second and talk about your your physical state this is right be now, random. because you come into the studio and, and an you, hour and a half late. Right, you come into the studio an hour and a half late. I'm worried about you, honestly. You come in the studio an hour and a half late, and you look at me and you say, "Doug, I'm not feeling well." And I'm like, "What do you mean you're not feeling well?" And and you just explain what well, happened. And I feel uncomfortable about this being out there anyway because I don't want it to seem like. It's for the dramatic purposes that it might come across as. And look, it, it I am in a weird state right now, and I didn't really want to put this out there. Doug has kind of forced this issue. I'm not a big coffee drinker. And today on the Wake Up Call, you have promotional things where you promote some of the companies that bring in free stuff. It's not that they're a client of ours, but they Sounds brought in. terrible. Uh, they, <laughs> yes, I'm very important. Pinky up. We get free stuff all the time. I'm very important on the sports radio scene. They brought in some coffee today. It was Cup Lux. It's very good. I'll give them another shout out. I don't drink a whole lot of coffee, though, but it's right there in front of my face. And so, sure, I'm, I'm going to drink the free coffee that they brought in today. Do it for the sponsors. And I'm in a very weird headspace right now. And I drank two cups and it still hasn't worn off. So this is strong coffee. I guess so. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. It's not like I'm a particular fan of coffee. I don't hate it. It's not. You know, there's some people that hate the taste that 
don't even like black coffee or even if you doctor it up with a lot of cream and sugar. Like I, I'm just not a big coffee drinker, but I drank it very early this morning. So we start at 6 a.m. They brought it in very early and I've been in a very weird headspace the entire time where it's been a borderline headache to a borderline feeling of buzzed. I don't know if it's spiked or not. Twitching. I just, yeah, I think you just did PCP. I, I don't think this was coffee. Well, it was weird when Molly cloned herself. Yeah, that that was, was very weird for me. And I thought, well, you know, I guess this is the effect that coffee has on people. No, and that's so, PCP. And so this is not a bit. This is not theatrics. I mean, and, and I didn't even want to bring it out today. I didn't want to I bring just, the I, story up. I felt like we needed the context of the, of the leg- random way that we are starting the show today. Because it seems legitimate to you. Like, I am in a very weird space where it has not worn off of me i am in a very I, I don't know what's happened to my body based on the effect of coffee and i don't drink it often and so i don't know if this is something unusual or if something people experience out there so that's the kind of state that i'm in right now. all right so this is the 1989 all-star game and these are the introductions for the players and the coaches of the all-star game should we just we should just play the beginning play right? the play the introduction of it so we can set up a scene of what people can expect throughout the coming weeks We are now inside a sold-out Astrodome. And before game time, we have a very special all-star introduction. Lenny Wilkins, he's the coach of the East Coast. Like when he played, he's great as a head coach. With his staff, Dick Helm and Brian Winters. They join together with trainer Al Domenico. A better staff to coach, you will never know. Yeah, they coach the all-stars. One more time. Let's hear Pat Riley. All right. Coaching the East team from the Cleveland Cavaliers, Lenny Wilkins. Pat Riley, the GQ head coach. It's showtime for the West Coast with the staff. Bill Burke, Randy Pufundin, the trainer. Ray Milky, Ori on the standpoint. They're coaching all-stars. <laughs> the West team right. coach from the West All right, let's save the rest of that. So the GQ head coach, it's a great line. So here's, we're here's, only in a minute left. We got ten more, nine more minutes of that. Right. What's great about this is you get that classic '90s hip hop sound mixed with the all the all star head coaches, and they mention the trainers. And I can't tell if they're mentioning the trainers just for the rhyme. Like they <laughs> they're like uh, Domenico. We can rhyme that. Yeah, sure. Otherwise, the trainer. Like, why would the trainer get a shout out? My brother ruined old school hip hop for me. I'm a hip hop connoisseur and I love everything about it, right? It's the music that I take in more than any genre by far. It is my favorite. And I still like old school rap. The reason my brother ruined it for me is because my brother described every beat that comes out pretty much pre-1995, even 1992. It always, you can always attribute it to the beat as da 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 Da, 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 da. And every old school beat <laughs> I hear, I can apply that beat to, and it's this the stereotypical old school rhyme. And I love every bit of, a minute of it. I, I love every bit of it, I should say. But like, I just don't know how to implement that in our show, and I want to so badly. So, you're, so what you're saying is you're a hip hop connoisseur, but some old school hip hop, it's kind of poor. No, that's right. <laughs> Yes, Dougie Fresh on the mic once again. Let's take a quick break. Let's try to come back. I apologize if that was the second useless opening segment of the week so far, but I just wanted to bring that about everybody else. Maybe you guys don't love it as much as I do. We'll get to the Bobby Marks article that we brought up yesterday. There's still plenty more to get to here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, you can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets, myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. We'll be back with plenty more here. It's Locked On Hornets. Because he's an all star.
This is Locked on Hornets. Nature's first green is gold. Her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down to day. Nothing gold can stay. We need the boys to men with that now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. Let's get to the actual substance of the day. Get the, back su- to- the substance that you put into your body <laughs> that has made you twitching and you you came into the studio yelling about jeopardy <laughs> well like that's when i knew something was wrong immediately i want to keep this show <laughs> on track as much as i possibly can I, doug does not know about the jeopardy guy destroying all of the competition setting records every single show he appears on this is news to you you have no clue about the professional sports gambler yeah, because i'm under 40 i don't that, watch jeopardy that 130 under 40 000. and i'm not in college anymore i don't watch jeopardy is that was that the well the now college is price is right i think well, and that's then, elementary school staying at home sick is Price is Right. It's it's Price think, is Right, and then you graduate to whatever primetime uh, game show is on television, and then as you ascend closer to death, you watch Jeopardy. I, I See, I feel like that's Wheel of Fortune. I feel like Wheel of Fortune is... Oh, I'm a big Wheel of Fortune big guy. Big Wheel of Fortune guy, are you? <laughs> <laughs> is that... Yeah. Is that what you are? Big Wheel of Fortune guy. I think that lends itself more to the older people out there. Not Jeopardy. Let's try to get this. Don't get me off track. I'm trying to keep it on the road. You're grabbing the wheel and you're bringing us off to a ditch. Let's go back to the Bobby Marks article and some things that we did not get to yesterday. So let's talk about the salary cap situation for this Hornets team. We've talked a lot about Kimba Walker this season, especially lately because the offseason's finally here. we got a couple of months before we decide what we're going to do with Kimba Walker and how we react to it. Let's talk about another cap casualty in Jeremy Lamb. Certainly been discussed here a little bit, but there's some other factors that have determined how bad it's going to be when Jeremy Lamb is gone from this team, which is most likely. So Bobby writes, the salary crunch surrounding Lamb is why Malik Monk needed to take a big step in his development from his rookie season. The former lottery pick will fail to crack shooting 40% for a second consecutive season. Not just from beyond the arc, by the way, just 40% from the field, hitting a career low 33.6% from three. He went from averaging 18 and a half minutes per game before the All-Star break to 11.1. He says that's not a good signal, of course, especially as the Hornets have been contending for a playoff spot. And we go into this season. We brought this up. It was extremely important for Malik Monk to develop as the season went on, and we just never got that. In fact, you could argue that he declined in play because we can go back to the second game of the year. It was a big game against the Miami Heat. It's what actually had them in contention at the end of the season. Who hits the big shot besides Kemba Walker? For the first time ever, it feels like. It's Malik Monk. Who shows up in the Milwaukee game early in the season? It was the season opener. I think Malik Monk actually had maybe a bucket or two. He, He performs well against Milwaukee. It's weird, but it was Malik Monk. And so as the season goes on, Malik Monk, you start to get the roller coaster inconsistencies, but there was still enough there were okay, you could you could validate playing him still. And then we all saw that the defense started to be such a liability 
I don't know if I ever there was maybe one stretch of improvement, but at the end of the season, I you make it a point to watch him. The guy just gets lost in traffic and he has no clue where he wants to go. Zero clue. Completely lost. And Malik Monk goes down to 11 minutes a game. And so now when you think about losing Jeremy Lamb, you have to go to the other shooting guard on the roster, which is Malik Monk. But what has Malik Monk shown you? Look, I still believe that there's a skill set for Malik Monk out there. Doug has mentioned it before really anybody else has, that perhaps this is a guy that moves on to another team and thrives. I think it's better to hold on to him than trading him for pennies on the dollars I've stated a million times. But also, you can't feel good about Malik Monk being the shooting guard for the future, especially with it being so hard to bring back Jeremy Lamb monetarily. And especially if you're going to lose Kimba Walker in free agency anyway, I don't know why you would bring back Jeremy Lamb because it's not like you're going to be prioritizing winning over developing some of the young guys. A basketball general, dishing out the pill like it's a mineral, a vitamin, pumping up his team. He leads the league in assists, you know what I mean, John Stockton. Has the swiftest, yeah. to steal the ball and find the I'm playing the whole man. thing. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, because he's an all-star. Malik Monk's not an all-star. So, Doug, with Malik Monk being this guy, that you you don't have any kind of confidence in, at least heading into next season. You know, it was big for him to develop this season, and he never did. Now, it'll be interesting to see if we get bailed out with a second-round pick developing like Dwayne Bacon, you know, even Devontae Graham to a certain degree, but it doesn't mean that you want Dwayne Bacon really as your shooting guard. Even though he has shown you the ability to hit some threes, you wanted Malik Monk to develop, and maybe Dwayne Bacon can salvage you. But you know, watching Jeremy Lamb leave, it has a trickle-down effect on what else you can expect from this roster. Bacon has the size for the position. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's, that's the key. And so can his shooting remain consistent? That will be the thing to watch you know, for him to develop over this summer. But for Malik, I mean, we're going to be able to evaluate him, and the team will, with with eyeballs. I mean, you're going to be on muscle watch for Malik Monk. Does he look bigger than he did uh, the past two seasons? Because it's been made clear by the team that they need him to bulk up. And this was a, a big point of contention, by the way, for the former coach of the Charlotte Hornets, Steve Clifford, who felt like to be successful in the NBA, Malik Monk would need to transition to the point guard position simply because he was too small to guard twos. Can I tell you I don't hate that idea still? Like, look, this is a guy that is really small. And if you put some weight on him at 6'3", roughly around that area, playing him at point guard, I believe enough in his passing ability. One thing I have said is I do think that his decision-making has improved a decent amount. I understand people might be a little worried about the handle, but I'm I'm good enough with yeah. the handle where I think he can try that out still. Oh, Steve Clifford... Wanted him to play point guard badly. I remember talking about Malik Monk's position at the start of the season where he had some scouts in the NBA talk to him that Mm -hmm. it's good for him to go to his natural quote-unquote position of shooting guard, and yet you watch him this season, it's like, no, I can see where Steve was coming from. I might not hate trying him out again at the point guard position. Now, you've got Devontae Graham, so I understand that complicates things. I'm not saying he'd be better than Devontae, but Malik Monk going back a position, you know, going... At the one, I'm not saying that I would hate trying that out again at a lengthy state. We've seen some fancy passes from Malik Monk, and I don't think there's a doubt that he can deliver passes 
on time and on target. But there's a big, I think there's a gulf between that and an ability to run an NBA offense. And and I think that's a gulf that he would have to commit an entire summer, maybe multiple summers to developing. And if he's not committed to that, if he wants to just be a catch and shoot too, it's just not something that's just going to to manifest itself out of mid out of midair. And it sounds like the team wants him to shift more into developing his body to be able to play two instead of trying to you know develop him into a one. Marks also mentions some other financial implications that are going to happen to the Charlotte Hornets this offseason, and he references a couple of moves that have been made previously. So another paragraph that Marks write about is. Quote, Charlotte's creative accounting from last summer now has consequences. Yes, the Dwight Howard trade to Brooklyn created a $7 million tax buffer that allowed the team to sign veteran point guard Tony Parker and also skirt the tax, but it also added $17 million in future salary as Kimba Walker and Jeremy Lamb hit free agency when Dwight Howard left for the Nets. Well, when they traded him to the Nets, right? I think... We all were fine with Dwight Howard leaving this team. It's not that anybody longed for him to be a part of this team, basketball-wise. But I still think people had some kind of criticism where, yes, you take you take the money that is created by the tax buffer that allows them to sign Tony, but also it does still add $17 million to the book. So would a buyout have been better to a certain degree? You know, Could you have handled Dwight Howard in a different way? And this is the ramifications that you have now by doing what you did with Dwight. Yeah, part of the issue of the past several years of Hornets management is that they've tried to toe this line between wanting to invest in the team and wanting to be good enough to win a playoff series, but also desperately wanting to avoid the tax. They wanted to get good before they really you know, jumped into the deep end. It reminds me of a show that I love way more than Jeopardy, Shark Tank. <laughs> And the sharks, you know, this you 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 guys know Shark Tank, right? A bunch of rich like VC people, and then they, you know, people walk in and they want their money, and you know, they do a whole pitch thing. Anyway, watch the show. We get it. All right. I, I so think, I think Shark Tank is recognizable. So one of the things that the sharks really hate is when an entrepreneur comes in and they have this great idea and they say, "Cool, is this your full time job?" And they say, "Well, no, I'm actually this a is doctor. a hobby for you. He's not fully invested." Yeah, and so they don't dive into the deep end. But they don't want to dive into the deep end. Take the risk that comes with that before seeing if the idea will work. And no one wants to invest in that. And so it's it's a similar kind of thing with the Hornets where they did not want to go all the way into the tax and it caused them to do some things that ultimately kind of hurt them in the long run and, and may have prevented them from reaching the full potential that this team could have reached. And so now getting into the tax might just happen if they decide to bring back a Kimba Walker bringing him on a max contract, and that's something that the Charlotte Hornets have demonstrated they don't want to do, and I don't think by much criticism at all by the fans, because I think, for the most part, from what I've seen from fans, is that they understand you can't be in the luxury tax with a team that's flirting with an eighth overall spot in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And well, I you certainly well, you certainly can. You can be Washington. Uh, well, you can't, right, and nobody wants to be that. Nobody wants to be that cap-stricken and out of the playoffs, or even flirting with an eighth seed, you know, and, and that's that line is going to vary based on you know what your own personal preference is, but it doesn't seem like anybody's personal preference is, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the luxury tax and be an eight seed in the East, and in this case, be a nine seed in the East. Because now, especially hindsight being 2020, of course this 
tax buffer that allowed Tony Parker to be signed here didn't work out because you signed Tony Parker. He has a great year, but she didn't make the playoffs. And if I were to tell you, you can do this or this, but you're not going to make the playoffs either way. You know, what do you do? Well, you probably don't have $17 million added to the salary cap. I and mean, that I think that's exactly the decision that I would make there. And so it's been interesting to see how Mitch Kupchak has handled the salary cap since he's been here. And we'll see exactly how he decides to do that doing, going forward. And the court, Patrick Ewing, see what he's doing. Nobody's booing, but as the crowd kicks, another ball he'll stick on the backboard. So watch him score inside with the dunk. Are you in your car a lot, driving to work, driving the kids around? If you have a smart device in your car, and more and more of you do now, tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. Don't fumble around with your phone and Bluetooth. Just say play Locked On Hornets and make drive time. LOH time. We Love go. this sound, by the way. It, it gets me out of so many jams. I don't have to make up something. I just play the song. <laughs> we'll play plenty more of it, I'm sure, over the next coming weeks. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast. We'll be back after the break on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. We need Mitch Kupchak to throw a party like Sam Presti. Can he party like Presti and Russell Westbrook? <laughs> yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, guys, they got Nas. I, they did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that Nelly. party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Can we get, P. <laughs> I hate you right now. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Walker. So, you know, you and I have, uh, and, and even before you came onto the show, we we felt obligated to mention any time Donovan Mitchell did something well, because of course the Hornets famously or infamously passing on Donovan Mitchell in the draft in favor of Malik Monk. And, you know, especially his rookie year, it was like every day we saw something amazing that he did on SportsCenter, on Twitter, on some kind of social media platform. And we thought we had to say something. And and I feel obligated now to be fair and mention when he does something bad. And he's done something bad in these first two games of the playoffs for the Utah Jazz, they're playing the Rockets right now, was going to be a tough series anyway. But it has become almost impossible for the Jazz because Donovan Mitchell playing like poopy. (laughs) Donovan Mitchell is not playing well. Have you seen their defensive game plan? I'm sure you saw the clip of Ricky Rubio tailing James Harden. Not good. Not even... People want to force James Harden right, which he can kill you going to that side of the court anyway. But Ricky Rubio was playing directly behind him. You know, Quinn Snyder is praised as being a good basketball coach. I don't think anybody would dispute that to a, a full uh, to uh, a ton. But I, what the hell kind of defense is that against James Harden? Now, I I understand that you're trying to think of something. You know, you could throw that out. Well, I haven't seen you do anything that works. Yeah, but I'm not playing behind him. You know, Ricky, and- Ricky, <laughs> stay between him and, and their basket, not our basket. Ricky! Why, Ricky! Why, why is James doing that? You know, and, and James Harden is an offensive wizard. It, it is amazing to watch him go to work. <laughs> I've seen hard hedges in the past, but when you, <laughs> when you get completely behind the player, not good. I'm going to go to some more Cody Zeller tweets. So we mentioned a couple of those yesterday. Not Real quick, a, can I can I say the stats for? I forgot to mention Donovan Mitchell's stats. I should like, I should at like least giving you evidence. Yeah, yeah. Why, I should okay, at, sure. at least give you some context. Please so do. Th- through two games, 
His PER right now stands at .9. To give you some context, he had 11 playoff games in his rookie season, 16.8. His uh, true shooting percentage right now at 38%. That's not good. His field goal mm. percentage Ooh. at 32.4%. His three-point percentage, he's attempted 15, only made four. That's good for 26.7%. His defensive box plus minus right now is negative 12. <laughs> not good. He's not, he's not really contributing uh, for the Utah Jazz. That sounds like even with the way Ricky Rubio is playing defense, Seems like Ricky might be having a better effect on that team than what Donovan Mitchell is doing right now. All right, let me get to the Cody Zeller tweets. We mentioned some of those yesterday. Talking about family video, and at Charlotte Sports Despair tweeted at Locked On Hornets with a picture of all the family videos within a reasonable distance from us. And here I was thinking that I was special for having one family video that I recognized in Indianapolis, thinking it might even just be in some distinct cities where it's not nationwide. And sure enough, at Charlotte Sports Despair opened my eyes into thinking, okay, there, there's some evidence here that family video is still alive. And I'm not going to say well, but it's alive in a bigger quantity than I expected it to be. Yeah, I mean, listen, Redbox is still popular. Streaming can still be difficult for a lot of people, especially with families. I think that's where you and I have the disconnect because, you know, I'm I'm married, but I don't have kids uh, and you don't have kids. And so streaming one thing on a television is very easy. It's when you get into like everybody streaming different things completely cripples your internet if you even if you are lucky enough fortunate enough to have good internet and so i think it's still a, a cool thing to go to the video store grab a digital video disc <laughs> pop it in get a little popcorn and go to town so the link between cody zeller and what charlotte sports despair tweeted at us is that cody zeller did tweet out yesterday the family video in washington indiana that is is still open and thriving i jokingly asked my parents if redbox and netflix had it made it to town yet my dad said our cable company doesn't even offer the netflix channel smack my face emoji he puts at the end of that so the next couple Dad. of tweets i had not a tweet me or, Papa Z. yeah not a text to me i should say after listening to the episode referencing the cody zeller tweet it said oh there's more go back to the cody zeller twitter well and so we did and there's a couple more not long after that tweet he said in charlotte we have tried to improve traffic flow with the light rail that leads into uptown as well as the new toll roads that are expected to open soon in washington though Question mark, exclamation point. We don't have traffic, but we just got our first roundabout. Three exclamation points. That's a small town if I've ever seen one. Coming in with a new roundabout. He also said, we don't have any pizza places that deliver to our house out in the country, but my dad just had five ducks delivered. Question mark, exclamation point. Welcome to Washington. He's just doing this down-home country <laughs> yes. humor, and I like it. I you know, I don't think a whole lot of people, maybe people consider Indiana to be like that. It's certainly different than some of the cities there. But good old Washington, Indiana, they won't deliver pizza to your house, but they'll deliver some ducks. I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with that feeling here in North Carolina. Sure. Me growing up in Catawba County, I absolutely can resonate with that kind of feeling. Gastonia, maybe a little bit for you? Postmating some ducks. <laughs> yes. Can you go to DoorDash? Can that be a thing? Hey, I want some duck. Can you please send some our way? 
It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate you joining us here today. Thanks for listening here. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Again, at Locked On Hornets. You can tweet us if you find any more family videos or whatever we talk about on the program. Feel free to tweet at us your questions. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We take you out with this sound. Guard Mark Jackson. As we enter... The center for agenda, Mark Eaton, a no contender, powerful, blocking shots, snatching rebounds hard, cause he's an all-star. Utah Jazz Center, Mark Eaton.